0: Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane and today is going to be renegade times because I still have to have some more time to, you know, write things down for don't mock the music. So yeah, let's just get into it. And also links in the description below. I know I've been pretty lazy with that. I'll do my best to not be. Thanks. those of you who do not know and are not on my instagram (laughs) um i am also on an app called amp amp and um i guess it's like a music streaming djing sort of thing so come and hang out i guess i'm still trying to learn the app and how to use it and stuff but yeah come join me if you're on there Okay, before we get into the politics and stuff, let me just say something. The Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case. I know I don't usually talk about celebrity stuff. If I do, I talk about it briefly, because most of the time I focus on different things. But, um, I'm Team Johnny, just to let y'all know. Okay? Anyway, now that I've gotten that out of my system for some dumb reason. Um, <laughs> I believe um, there's a conspiracy going on. Um, we do know that you know Amber Heard is a garbage person. She is a person that has abused Johnny. We know this. We know all the evidence is starting to stack up against her and everything. And her attorneys are just dumb, as doornails, it is just hilarious, um, one of her attorneys asked somebody a question on the stand, and he objected himself, saying that it was, what, speculation? Or hearsay, yeah, I know he's like, objection, hearsay, and I was just like, yo, you're gonna object yourself? And then, I guess... The other attorney, the blonde pit bull woman. Um, I say pit bull because she's she acts pretty tough uh, in the courtroom. Anyway, she holds up this makeup quad by some sort of cosmetics. I don't I don't know name brands. I only know the name brands that I use. But uh, apparently, this is like the makeup quad that she used in order to um, cover up her bruises. But then the makeup company came out and said, yo, that's not it because, um, you know, we came out with that right, like, way after y'all broke up. Because you couldn't possibly have your hands on that when we haven't come out with it yet. And in my head, I'm like, okay, Sometimes makeup companies give celebrities prototypes in order to use so that they can endorse their product. But I'm pretty sure the makeup company would have already said that, you know, she would have, I don't know. It's just stupid. (laughs) Like, why would you lie about makeup, of all things? But anyway, the big conspiracy, though, is that... We do know now that Elon Musk dated Amber Turd, and um, he's been shown with bruises on his face and stuff like that, and apparently, I might be wrong about this, but he actually might be defending her as she's going through this, and I don't know why, for one, but... Okay, he bought Twitter. That's something that I was going to talk about like last episode, but something else caught my attention. But he bought Twitter. So how is Amber Heard and her ex in the news at the same time? Does this mean that Elon Musk is being used to delete evidence on Twitter? or the stupid things that she used to say on Twitter. I mean, think about it. How are both people in the news right now? That don't make any sense to me. And on top of all that, like he he bought Twitter, so now he's trying to update Twitter and try to make things a little bit more free speech. Like and everything which is is cool. I mean if that's actually what you're gonna do go ahead and do it, bro, but something's up Why why are why do you own Twitter now? Are you trying to delete evidence? So that way Amber Heard can can win the case for lack of evidence. I don't know. I Don't know if Amber Heard even uses Twitter or I know Johnny Depp probably does but you know what I mean? Like, it's it. It could be there. Could be something there. There could be something there. But um, yeah. We all know that Amber Heard is guilty, and I, I just kind of want to wake you up, wake you all up for a minute. Um, just because one person is not liked in the courtroom and that everything is coming up against her or against this person doesn't mean they don't have a possibility of winning the case. And the only reason why I say that is because most court cases don't go our way the way that we would like to. So, and I think she still has yet to testify Because right now we're hearing Johnny's side, but we do have to hear Amber's side as well. And there's at least maybe three things, maybe two or three things that are going to happen in this case. What I've been predicting is that, one, her and her attorneys are going to blame everything on her mental illness so that she doesn't have to do any... Jail time or pay any fine or whatever. I don't know how this court case is working out as far as the verdict goes. But, um, one, she's probably going to, um, blame everything on her, uh, what is it? Borderline personality disorder that she's been diagnosed with. And, uh, what is it? hist hystero- his- Historic? Personality disorder? I can't. I never heard of that one but um so yeah blaming everything on our mental illness or since there's a climate now of men being demonized for just having a penis um they're going to spin it they're going to spin it the uh, feminist way and say well men are all dogs and they all should be locked up and they're all misogynistic and abusive and since we live in a society today where everyone in the Me Too movement believes that that is absolutely true, she does have a small chance at winning this case because of how society is looking at men now. Um, As far as I know, everybody wants Johnny to win and I really, really do. I really hope that he does win this case. And I'm not trying to Make Johnny Depp look like a saint here, either. Of course, he's made mistakes in this relationship, and he's not that innocent either. I do believe that they were both toxic to each other while they were married, and it just wasn't the best, um, you know, situation to be in, especially since um, spiritually. He does have a generational curse because he repeated the same thing that his father was in. His father was in an abusive relationship with his wife at the time. Because his mom would abuse his father. And seeing that and being in that environment is all that Johnny knew. And so he ended up gravitating to Amber who was just as abusive. And that's how I see it spiritually but um yes those two things could actually be happening or could happen when she takes a stand and testifies oh it's my mental illness or oh he's an abuser and all this other stuff but either way if she wins or loses she's still going to lose in a great great way because for one Johnny Depp gave her that role in Aquaman She's not going to get that role back, especially since Jason Momoa has been backing him up and he can say one word and she can be fired. (laughs) Um, If she wins, um, she's not going to have any work, she's going to be unsuccessful, and sure, she might have a lot of money from this if she wins, but also... The fans of Johnny Depp are probably going to go on a witch hunt after her despite Johnny Depp maybe saying, hey, don't do that because everybody hates her now and that's not going to change after the court hearing, after all of this is over. If she does lose, I still see it the same way. People are not going to like her, she's not going to be successful, she won't have a job, she's going to have to be forced. To do something with her life or go into the same cycle, which we do know that mentally ill people do if they refuse to change and marry a rich man and abuse him as well. That That's how I see it. But anyway. I know that was a lot. I guess I was just thinking a lot about it because I've been watching the case since... Uh, what is it? Day six to day nine. And I haven't even like watched any court hearings like before then or after. I'm still pretty behind, but I've just been thinking about it a lot because I've been watching it Now it's time for politics, our favorite subject in the news. Not really. I really wish politics didn't exist. Oh yeah, that good old gray old chap joe is in the news again blaming republicans for classroom culture wars so let's get into this well the president makes some politically charged statements while presenting the 2022 teacher of the year award when america's McGrath explains
1: and i have to really listen to you which i know senator
2: cardona has been doing Joe Biden laments several obstacles surrounding education while shifting blame away from his political allies. On Wednesday, the President, his wife Jill, and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona presented Kurt Russell with the Teacher of the Year Award. While commending Russell's commitment to his students, Biden noted the importance of teachers in his own life, specifically in helping him to overcome his stutter. Biden also touched upon the difficulties faced by students in the COVID era. However, he failed to mention that many of the complications stemmed from his CDC's policy.
1: And just the socialization that they were missing in so many places for so long, it's estimated they're five to seven months behind their education right now. The
2: American people saw it. Biden does, however, have a track record of looking out for the interests of teachers' unions. According to emails released by Republicans in the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis, the American Federation of Teachers dictated several CDC guidelines for schools. The email showed that AFT members were allowed to provide their own edits to CDC policy in order to keep schools closed longer as millions of American students fell behind on their education. Biden also used his time at the podium to criticize many of his political opponents who have passed laws giving parents more power over their students' curriculum.
1: Today, there are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books, even math books. I mean, did you ever think, even your younger teachers, did you ever think... we? I, mean, teacher-
0: I thought Democrats did that because somehow it was discriminatory against children. I'm just saying, Joe... Keep track of your own party, stupid. Like, what the heck? Is he okay? I mean, I know he's not okay. But, I mean, the dementia-ridden bro is uh, trying to blame Republicans about banning math books. I mean, to me, I really hate math, but I do know that it's very important especially simple math, because we use it every day. So why in the world would anyone want to pick a fight with a math book that sounds like a social justice warrior problem, which the left definitely is proud of those social justice warriors just saying.
1: You're teaching you're going to be worrying about book burnings and banning books? All because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda.
2: One of the alleged book burners, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, signed the Parental Rights and Education Bill earlier this month, barring any form of sexual education before the fourth grade. However, the bill also prevents other kinds of content in textbooks, such as a math book containing a problem about a pimp, prostitute, and pole dancer. But, according to Biden, removing such content at the request...
0: Okay, um, to me that sounds very sensible because sexual education shouldn't be taught at such an early age i mean the government can't always step in for the parents responsibility to teach kids about sex and how sex works and um dancer and a pimp like okay um why is that even in a math book i mean Thank you Ron DeSantis for b- banning that book, oh my god. But, <sighs>
2: stupid. Quest of Parents is turning children into political pawns.
1: We gotta stop making the target of the culture
0: wars. That's where this is going. Dude, your left actually started the cultural wars. You guys decided to put critical race theory in schools. You really want to complain about something like that? And not look at your own party and say, what what the frick are you guys doing? Ron DeSantis is basically just doing his job and looking after the kids uh, in his own... He's a governor, right? In his own state. I, I just don't understand. Like, I understand now why Biden was like, oh... Republicans are banning math books. But you don't get the whole story. Kids don't need to be learning about prostitution in a math book.
1: Look, these aren't, we always talk about these children. They're not someone else's children. They're our children. Tom McGrath.
0: They are someone else's children because you didn't make them, Joe. Joe! Joe! Shut up.
2: One American News. For all our viewers, ask.
0: Okay, that one was thoroughly stupid. Let's go on to the next one. Okay, you're gonna look for another article with me, because I really don't feel like stopping and pausing, stopping and pausing. Let's see here. Ukraine war zone. No, I don't want to talk about Ukraine. (sighs) Excuse me. Not considering 50k in student loan debt relief. More economic problems ahead, says Treasury Secretary. That's because. <laughs> okay. Okay, ma'am. Is she over here looking like. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> okay. Here we go. It's something that I can read. Yay! Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is defending Joe Biden's uh, spending packages despite the record-setting inflation and a slump in first-quarter GDP. While speaking at the Brookings Institution on Thursday, she said the U.S. is facing major economic problems uh, in the near future. Yellen then pointed to skyrocketing costs of fuel, supply chain disruptions, and low labor productivity as main reasons for concern. The US economy contracted by 1.4% um, in the first three months of this year, while inflation hit, 42, uh, hit a 42-year high. Um, in recent weeks, energy price movements have been another significant source of global economic shocks stated the Treasury Secretary. The Biden administration's proposed um, energy agenda is designed to diminish our reliance on fossil fuels and help achieve greater energy uh, independence. Didn't Trump try to do that when he uh, decided to use the pipeline in Canada, but Biden was like, no, it's, it's not a good idea because it wasn't mine. Man, she looked weird as heck. (laughs) I've never seen somebody look so retarded. I'm sorry. I don't usually use that word, but oh my god. Um, Republican lawmakers have said Biden under... uh, under, Why did I say that word? Underestimated U.S. energy independence by restricting oil pipelines and drilling in the U.S. and making America reliant on imports from overseas. Let me read that again. Republican lawmakers have said Biden undermined U.S. energy independence by restricting oil pipelines and drilling in the U.S. and making America reliant on the imports from overseas. Yes. Yep. That's true. And it's stupid. Our GDP decreased... At an annual rate of 1.4 in the first quarter of this year. This is the weakest showing uh, since the pandemic recovery began nearly two years ago. Yet Biden and House Democrats are still doubting or doubling down on their failed socialist agenda. Of course, because they don't want to be wrong. You ever, you know, have you ever met somebody who just ends up like finding an argument and and would just argue that until they're blue in the face, even though there's so much evidence stacked up against them, but they will still defend their, you know, ideal idea uh, of why they believe that this is right and they just keep on saying that they're right. That That's Joe Biden and this lady who looks like Mr. Magoo, so, you know. We're just gonna insert the advertisement right here. Let's go. Name it on my at baby. Whatever happened to Sale? That's not... It's not the band name. I don't even know what the what what band sings that song. I'm getting off track. Let's see here. 16 states sue USPS over potential gas truck purchase. We all know that inflation is at an all time high at the moment, so. Is there more news? No. They just give you a handful. It's the only problem. Okay. Representative Fred Keller, we need an America First agenda.
3: Pennsylvania Congressman Fred Keller is a member of the House Oversight Committee, and he shares why we are seeing record high inflation. One America's Caitlin Sinclair has more from New York. Congressman Keller, thank you for your time today, sir. Right now, the American people continue to deal with crippling inflation, with insecurity at home, a wide open southern border, and just overall incompetent decisions at every turn coming from this administration. You have deemed returning to American energy as the key to tackling inflation. And the American people continue to feel this every single day when they go to pump their gas at the grocery store, What needs to happen, Congressman? Well,
4: the the Biden administration needs to get back to the policies that we know work. And that's putting America first. And it starts with our energy industry. Uh, From the day Joe Biden got sworn into office, he had this assault on American energy. Uh, What he needs to do is send a message that American energy is here and it's here to stay. And the way he does that is by starting the construction, restarting construction on the Keystone XL pipeline, taking us out of the Paris Climate Accords, expediting permits for LNG exporting facilities, getting the leases going on federal uh, lands, and then, uh, you know, looking at the permitting uh, so that they can get the pipelines, our energy producers can get the pipelines and the exploration and the drilling underway. That's what needs to happen, uh, because there isn't a thing in our economy that gets done without American energy.
3: So the Biden administration continues to blame inflation on what they're labeling the Putin price hike. I think we're all sick of that line. But, but truly, where is this confusion on the timeline even possibly coming from? How can they get away with trying to fool us anymore when, when the dates don't even match up? And do the American people know the reality here?
4: There is no confusion on this. The American people are very well aware of when has started to happen. Uh, certainly what happened in, in Ukraine didn't help, but that's not the, that's not the underlying cause of why we're experiencing experiencing this inflation. This started well before that. We don't need excuses. We need action. We need action that puts America first, whether it comes to energy, whether it comes to food security, whether it comes to our southern border. We need to start putting Americans first. That's what happened over the four years of Donald Trump, and that's why we have the greatest economy. The world had ever seen
3: you said that inflation is a form of tax on the american people congressman can you elaborate on that
4: absolutely uh because the government caused the inflation by reckless spending under the biden administration and incentivizing people not to work we put uh, the government put more money in got goods and services weren't being delivered or produced and what happens is the government forced prices to go up and because of that Uh, The government is forcing uh, people to have to dig deeper into their pockets to afford the same things they afforded last year.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, So while some seem to be worried about who owns Twitter right now, there are millions of Americans who are worried about putting food on the table this year, worried about a recession, worried about who is crossing our border illegally every day. In recent weeks, the worry has shifted to the potential end of Title 42. So saying goodbye to the little bit of border protection that we even have. Again, another message that this administration thinks Americans should come last.
4: I've been to the border. That's something that the president can't say. And I spent a lot more time there than the vice president did uh,
0: looking at what the,
4: the causes were. I mean, the reversal of the Biden administration, getting away from the Trump policies that work, that remain in Mexico. Uh, building our, building the border wall to secure our southern border and giving customs and border patrol the tools they need to do their jobs. And the Biden administration has not been doing that and they need to do it. But so it's it's not a hard stop. It's just a matter of them wanting to put America first.
3: Yes, Congressman, thank you for your perspective and for fighting for that agenda every single day.
4: Thank you, Caitlin. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I don't really have much to say about that one, but Now it's time for useless news—stuff that you'll learn that you probably don't need to learn. Now, if you haven't been here long enough, uh, Renegade Times usually consists of three types of news. Okay, politics. Useless news, which is just me finding random facts to spit out for y'all because Usually politics just kind of exhausts me because the way the world um, Is going it I just don't like it so that kind of helps me, you know Give myself a break and hopefully I give you guys a break by just telling you interesting things And then we have world news since um, Anchor has a feature that tells me what country is listening so oh and yes welcome Vietnam I don't know if I welcomed you yet um, but welcome thank you for listening I appreciate you but anyway ten abandoned cities in towns around the world you can visit and they have this really interesting picture that I really want to go but this is actually a place I want, I want to go because it looks like it's either underwater or it's just got a bunch of sand like inside the building. I want to see it, anyway. When you think of ghost towns, you probably imagine some abandoned mining town in the Old West, complete with dusty saloons and tumbleweeds, but empty cities can be found for beyond where the hypothetical buffalo roam. Uh, we're talking some of the farthest stretches of the planet, yep, even Antarctica. Okay, cool. And of course they would put Ukraine up here first. Pripyat, Ukraine. I feel like I've either tried doing this one before, or maybe I have, but you know what, we're just gonna keep going. Pripyat, uh, was the city most affected by the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986, an infamous, uh, incident that released massive amounts of radiation into the world. Uh, the accident forced entire towns to abruptly empty out, and the area within a 19-mile radius of the plant was deemed in- in uninhabitable, for at least another 180 years, traveler uh, contributor Cynthia Drescher wrote after a recent visit. How to visit. Um, the Chernobyl region is about two hours away from Kyiv, and the tours range from private visits to multi-day um, itineraries. Okay, um, I, I have a question though. It, is there still radiation traces? Because I don't want to leave the place with my hair falling out. I love my hair. Okay. Kennecott, Alaska. It's got a... Tr- is that a train bridge? Alright. Um, nearly 200 million worth of copper was processed at Kennecott. Um, a self-contained mining town located in Rangil, St. Elias National Park from 1911 to 1938 according to the National Park Service. Um, As these stories usually go, the residents cleared out once the copper resources started to dwindle and most of the buildings have now been abandoned for around 60 years. There is hope on the horizon, however, the NPS acquired many of the Kennecott's buildings and lands in 1998 and hoped to restore some of the buildings, like the post office and general store, for modern use. How to visit? The NPS-run Visitor Center is open from Memorial Day through Labor Day. Um where you can pick up brochures and arrange guided tours with a park ranger. Yay! This is an abandoned playground. I- I, nope. Nope. This is a nope for me. Pyramiden Svalbard, Norway. Let's see if I can say that again, because I I love trying to pronounce crap, you guys know! Um, Pyramiden Svalbard, (laughs) Norway. I love Norway! Anyway, um, here's the story. The archipelago of Svalbard, uh, located halfway between the mainland of Norway and the North Pole, Um, it's home to about 2,145 humans and 1,000 polar bears. Well, um, and one seriously bone-chilling ghost town, Pyramiden, uh, named for the pyramid-shaped mountain, uh, looming nearby. Pyramiden came to prominence in the 1930s when the Soviets took ownership of the area, the area's coal fields, and quickly began mining operations. After World War II, they started spending more money on the enterprise, uh, during hospital- Building hospitals, cafeterias, and houses, all in the block-style fashion typical of Soviet area architecture. They also built graveyards for both humans and cats, because pet cemeteries were always a good idea. the coal mines were never profitable, however, the biggest hit came in 1996 when, the air, when an airplane flying from Moscow to Svalbard crashed en route, killing all 141 passengers um, on board. Many of the Pyramiden residents, the tragedy- oh, oh my god, no, many of them were Pyramiden residents. Oh my god. Jesus. That's terrible. The tragedy uh, slashed um, morale, and the site was fully abandoned in 1998. As far, or as for the site today, Rachel Newer of Smithsonian Magazine sums it up: It was one of, it was, if several hundred people were, had abruptly stopped, that they were what they were doing. I'm so sorry. I'm really bad. I have morning brain at the moment. Um, But they stopped what they were doing and simply walked away. I kind of feel like that's how a lot of um, abandoned places end up looking because either a tragedy happened like that or it just wasn't a practical place to live anymore so they just kind of left everything. Orador-sur-Glane, France. On June 10th, 1944, German troops raided the village of Orador-sur-Glane and murdered 642 men, uh, women and children. Jeez, in 1944, so this was around World War II. why Why did you kill men, women, and children? The National Geographic reports... After the massacre, the military set fire to churches, barns, and homes, leaving behind only a few surviving residents. Um, the village was, or has remained, untouched since the horrific incident serving a shrine to those who died that June day. Oh! It is a real place! Coleman Scott, Nambia. Okay, okay, this, is, this place is in Nambia. You wouldn't guess by looking at it now, but the town of Kulmanskop was once a hotspot for diamond mining and um, and extravagance in 1908. But once the fair-weather inhabitants uh, discovered more diamonds south of Kulmanskop, the site instantly became a ghost town. So... That is just sand. It looks like it's underwater, to be honest, but it's not. That is strange. I would just love to just be in that building. I don't know why. You ever just see a picture and you just want to be in it? That's me right now. <sighs> um. Wait you uh, Watch you we're going we're going to say waita because i it's south island we'll just say south island new zealand how about that um i'm sorry for pronouncing things wrong today um in the early 1900s miners all of them are mining uh cities most of the t- most of them um miners built towns right on top of a whole lot of gold bearing quartz rock, which uh, would go on to produce 750,000 ounces of gold from 1.5 million tons of quartz. Um, According to New Zealand's Department of Conservation, by the 1930s, the town had its own hospital, police station, and post office, plus a population of 600. Uh, The isolated city thrived until the main um mining shaft collapse in 1951 forcing residents to abandon their town let's see today the department of conservation works to preserve the remaining buildings and hiking trails around the site the department even converted one of the buildings the Waitua lodge um to a 30 bunk facility for school groups and campers needing overnight accommodation. Well, that's cool. Bodie, California. That one looks like a haunted place, I'm sorry. Now, this is the Old West ghost town you're looking for. Once home to 10,000 people, Bodie boomed in the late 1880s, for gold um, was found in the hills surrounding Mono Lake. Um, not long after, though, Bodhi transitioned into a period of steady decline, um, as mining towns are (laughs) usually- that's a typo. As mining towns are wont to do- okay, ma'am, whatever- Um, until reaching ghost town status around 1915, according to California Department Parks and Recreation Records. Um, So why is the city in such a great shape today? You can thank the state of California for adopting the town and turning it into a state historical park from, or in 1962, Bowdoin has been preserved. Unnerving state of Arrested decay, shunning graffiti artists and welcoming visitors from near my nearby, nearby um, Yosemite ever since. Okay, Craco, Italy. Founded in the eighth century, the hilltop town of Craco and or had a rough go of things several centuries I didn't want to be this way today. I have days where I can read and days when I can't I don't know why. Founded in the eighth century hilltop town of Greco Craco <laughs> had a rough go for things for several centuries. Falling victim to earthquakes, wars, and Black Plague. I'd leave the place. I'd move. Um, the final straw was the landslide of 1906- That- THAT'S the last straw, not the Black Plague, though. Okay. Uh, which forced all remaining residents to evacuate. Late reports. Um, let's see. The original city sits in a state of slow decay on its 1,300-foot-high perch, although its popularity among tourists has yet to waver. Um... I don't know about y'all, but... If Black Plague can survive on ice, I'm sure it can survive on stone, so I will not be visiting we already have corona to deal with we don't need the black plague i'm just saying thames town shanghai china okay um china is a big fan of replica cities in fact shanghai has seven european themed towns built to give wealthy residents a new place to call home uh, there is a Dutch-inspired canal-lined uh, neighborhood, a Paris replica complete with 300-foot Eiffel Tower, and even a slice of Sweden-inspired uh, churches and Nordic houses included. But we're particular fans of Thames Town, a um, British copycat just 40 minutes from downtown Shanghai. Uh, Here, you'll find a scale of replica Christ Church, um, statues of Shakespeare and Winston Churchill, (laughs) uh, and even some familiar red telephone booths scattered here and there. As curiosity... Oh no, as curiously cute as this mini-city sounds on paper, it ended up being a complete failure (laughs) day. Okay, in fact, all of seven experimental towns ...are now pretty much abandoned. That's crazy. Whaler's Bay, Deception Island, Antarctica. Okay, well, it's called Deception Island. There's a reason why they decided to frickin' NAME IT that. I'm not touching it. Um... Starting in the early 1900s, Deception Bay uh, served a premier destination for whalers who used the bay as a safe place to process whale carcasses. What the hell was that? That scared me to death. I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was just a really loud noise. A Norwegian whaling company established a permanent station during this time, setting up houses for workers and um, installing giant boilers used to extract oil from the whales. Uh, The station was abandoned in 1931 due to the lowering whale oil prices, but the Bay's history does not end there, state reports. Or slate reports. Okay. Uh, Several countries squabbled over the island during and after World War two but uh, then everything through but everyone threw in the towel after a volcanic eruption in 1969 Whew, okay um, today the Bay is a common stop on Antarctic expedition cruises Antarctica okay and that's it we're going to the next one hopefully I do better This one is interesting, the seven types of rest that every person needs, so let's go. First type of rest we need is physical rest, which can be passive or active. Passive physical rest includes sleeping and napping, while active physical rest means um, restorative activities such as yoga, stretching, and massage therapy that can help improve the body's circulation and flexibility. Very true. The second type is mental rest. Yes, we all need mental rest after the last two years. (sighs) Okay. Let's see, do you know... (coughs) Do you know that coworker who starts work every day with a huge cup of coffee? He's often irritable and forgetful and he has a difficult time concentrating on his work. Uh, When he lies down at night to sleep, frequently struggles to turn off his brain um, as conversations from the day fill his thoughts. Um, And despite sleeping seven to eight hours, he wakes up feeling as if he never went to bed. He has a mental rest deficit. So, this is an off-topic, but, you know, the guy is drinking coffee. I'm convinced, okay, that coffee is a weapon of biochemical terrorism, okay, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I don't know why I decided to put this in here in the middle of this frickin', <laughs> um, how can a brown liquid, okay? How can a liquid change a person's mood so quickly? I'm telling you, Starbucks and just coffee in general, man. It's, it's a biochemical weapon. They finally figured out mind control, people. It's caffeine. It's good, though. it's really good (laughs) alright the good news is that you don't have to quit your job or go on vacation to fix this schedule short breaks to occur every two hours throughout your workday these breaks can remind you to slow down you might also keep a notepad by the bed to jot down nagging thoughts that would keep you awake um, I would say, especially like if you have problems with overthinking and stuff like that, journaling is very, very, very helpful. Um, I keep a journal, and I have like I'm on my fifth one, <laughs> um, and I just like writing about my day personally. So keeping a journal really, really helps too. Um, because it kind of just empties your mind of all the clutter and you're able to function better. Um, the third type of rest we need is sensory rest. Bright lights, computer screens, um, background noise, and multiple conversations. Uh, whether you're in an office or on zoom calls uh, can cause your senses to feel overwhelmed. This can be countered by doing something as simple as closing your eyes for a minute in the middle of the day, as well by um, intentionally unplugging from electronics at the end of every day. Intentional movements of sensory deprivation can begin to undo the damage um, inflicted by the overstimulating world. Um, So, The one thing that I can recommend is, yeah, for one, unplug. That is uh, something that I struggle with, I will confess. Um, Because a lot of the time, like, I use my phone or use my computer or tablet or whatever electronic I have on hand to kind of update my podcasts, I write stories, Um, I do a lot. On the computer, I write, I post my art, I post, um, you know, updates on Instagram for my podcast and all this other stuff. Um, so, a lot of the time, what I use this like social media for is for a purpose, but then there are times when I feel myself slipping into TikTok or Facebook. Or something like that, and that's when I kind of need to, you know, pull away and unplug, because there are things on TikTok or Facebook or whatever that doesn't need to fill my mind, that that I don't need my mind to be focusing on. But um, I would say, for one, um, make sure that you know if you are on social media, make sure that it's for a purpose. Instead of for recreation all of the time Um, Finding a book to read is really good, too Um, Because I feel like reading an actual book with pages is something that we don't do anymore and also um, if you really need a sensory rest um, There are spas with sensory deprivation tanks Which I would love to do at some point because you can like float in the water and they have like this egg-shaped tank that you can They they shut on you. (laughs) I know it sounds really scary, but it's actually not Um, There's comforting like lights in there and music and stuff like that that can really help you out Um, and if you can't afford that lock yourself in the bathroom and turn the lights off for a while take a bath in the dark because that that helps as well because you're not um, you're not actually focusing on any lights so like secu- <laughs> secluding yourself in darkness is actually kind of good for you especially since you have like a phone light illuminating your eyes. A lot of the time you know giving your eyes that break is a good thing let's see the fourth type is creative rest okay i need i need to hear this one this type of rest is especially important for anyone who must solve problems or brainstorm new ideas (laughs) okay uh creative rest reawakens the awe and wonder inside each of us Do you recall the first time you saw the Grand Canyon, the ocean, or waterfall? Uh, Allowing yourself to take in the beauty of the outdoors, even if it's at a local park or in your backyard provides you with creative rest. But creative rest isn't simply about um, appreciating nature, it also includes enjoying the arts. Turn your workspace into a place of inspiration by displaying images and places you love and works of art that speak to you. You, can, you can't spend 40 hours or weeks staring at a blank or jumbled uh, surroundings and um, expect to feel passionate about anything, much less come up with innovative ideas. Uh, Now let's take a look at another individual, uh, the friend whom everyone thinks is the nicest person they've ever met. It's the person everyone depends on. And you'd call, the one you'd call um, if you needed a favor because even if they don't want to do it, uh, you know they'll give you a reluctant yes rather than a truthful no. But when the person is alone, they feel unappreciated and, like others, are taking advantage of them. The person requires emotional rest, which means having the time and space to freely express your feelings and cut back on people's people-pleasing. Okay, before we go into emotional rest, which is something that they segued into, um, I will say that Um, I have kind of experienced, um, how, like, your creativity can be drained from you. Um, like I said, I I write stories on Wattpad. Don't ask me, because I like to keep my Wattpad and Rogue Radio separate. That's just me. Um... But if you end up finding me, hi, it's not under Rogue Radio, I'm just saying hi. Um, but uh, anyway, I will say that I love writing stories. That's like my thing. I love to write a lot. Um, I'm a big fan girl, so I write fan fiction. And um, a lot of the time when my readers. Um, one another story they're like oh you know I I would love to see another sequel to this book and all the stuff and I'm just like okay let me let me figure out a plot for it and then I'll just rattle them off very quickly Um, but there are stories that I'm not at all very uh, proud of Um, I wrote a five book series at one point uh, recently finished it, I want to say, uh, the beginning of this year. And one of the stories, like, Book 3, was just trash. I hated it. I loved the idea of it, but I came from Book 2, and everybody loved that, everybody loved the character, everybody wanted more and more and more, and I was like, okay, let me see if I can, like, get it out there. For a third one, so people can really kind of um, get more content. But I was so displeased of book three that I just kind of left it, and I was like, after I was finished, I was like, thank God! And it took me a very long time to get on to book four. Because book three was such a disaster. Um, I still loved the storyline, I still loved the reason why I made it, but I hated the way I went about writing it, if that makes any sense. Because I didn't take any creative rest um, between those stories. And I kind of understand now that that's something that I need to do personally as a creative person, that um, I have to take rests in between stories or even in between paintings or even between the process of painting something because um, I paint as well Um, it's something that I love to do it's something that I'm passionate about Um, I even have my own art room Um, and I've realized that if I am frustrated with the process of a painting which I feel like a lot of artists go through because they want instant results because they have a vision in their head and the canvas isn't matching what's going on in their head. Um, And they'll do their best to push through the process while they're frustrated and they're not thinking clearly of the techniques that they're using because they're so frustrated. And then all of a sudden you have trash. On the canvas. It's something that I've gone through. I'm sure it's something that a lot of painters have gone through. Um, what we're experiencing is the u- ugly duckling phase of a painting, which is something that you either have to push through calmly or you have to take a break from. Because if it frustrates you so much to the point where you need a break, then you probably need a break from the canvas. Um, because the ugly duckling phase of a, you know, painting or even a picture, even a work of art or whatever you do, um, you know, you're trying to see the vision. You're trying to, you know, see what's coming out of this, uh, lump of creativity that you're trying to kind of mold into something beautiful, but it's... Starting to look ugly, <laughs> but that's just the process. It's it's the process of the um, of the work of art. It, it happens, but if it frustrates you so much, taking a break is something that you need to do. It's not something that you should do. It is something that you should do. It's just something that you you need to to be doing. Especially if you're not pleased with the final result. Take breaks. Especially if you're frustrated with your own work. So yes. After that whole long story. I understand creative rest now. (laughs) Um, If you're in need of emotional rest. You probably have a social rest deficit too. Okay. This occurs when we fail to differentiate between those relationships that we... That revive us from those relationships that exhaust us. To experience more social rest, surround yourself with positive and supportive people even if your uh, interactions have uh, to occur virtually. You can choose to engage more fully in them by turning on your camera and focusing on who you're uh, speaking to. So. I understand that one, too, but I'll, um, wait for a minute. The final type of rest is spiritual rest, uh, which is the ability to connect beyond the physical, mental, uh, and feel a deep sense of belonging, love, and acceptance and purpose. To receive this, engage in something greater than yourself and add prayer, meditation, community, involvement in your daily routine. And you can see sleep, or yeah, as you can see, sleep alone can't restore us to the point we feel rested. So it's time for us to begin focusing on getting the right type of rest we need. So that's good. Um, I would say social rest is something that um, introverts do actually very well. Um, there's. I feel like there's at least two types of people that we surround ourselves with. I'm sure there's more, but there's people who hype you up and are proud of you, that support you, that support system, and there are people that you gravitate to when things go down cause you know that they're, you know, people that you can depend on. I call them soul friends because they're the people that connect to your soul and actually bring better things to your life um, that your soul needs Um, then you have friends that are just either there or they're actually draining your soul meaning that they're not actually very good for you at all Um, and this can also kind of go into family members as well. There's certain family members that you gravitate to because they're good people. And then there's family members that you just don't want to see or be around because you know they're either going to drain your soul or exhaust you from the interaction. And that's something a lot of people don't realize is that, um, family members can do that too, um just as much as friends can and it's okay to say no to certain meetings or certain um you know outings with your family um i feel like a lot of people try to make excuses for family when they shouldn't because if they're really dragging you down you shouldn't be in that you know environment Um, I I will say that family does do a lot of damage more than friends can, because they're familiar to you, they know you more, they know you inside and out, they know how you operate, they know what makes you tick, and because of that, they're able to irk you in ways that your friends can't. And, um, if they irk you so much, then you're allowed to say no to them. You're allowed to let them know, like, listen, this is crossing my boundaries, I don't like this. And I've heard so many people say, well, that, that's my brother, or that's my, my grandma, or that's my mom. You know, I, I shouldn't treat her, I shouldn't treat them like that. I'm like, okay, but it's okay for them to treat you like that, right? Just, just know your soul. Know what your soul needs, basically. Yeah, um, there is no news on Vietnam because um, Anchor decided to delete my whole recording on Vietnam. And I don't have the time anymore to, to read it again, because I have to, I have to go, but trust me, next episode, I promise, Vietnam, but thank you so much for listening, I am honored that you guys are listening, and I hope to, you know, I hope and pray that you guys will stay, and, you know, become renegades with us, but thank you so much for everyone else listening, and I will see you in the trenches next time, see ya.